Skunk it. Weird that we're uh, not really. I was just thinking it's weird that we're gonna have to probably use the second opinion like theme for this one. Well, what is okay? What is the song of twenty nineteen? Uh, twenty eighteen. Sorry, the song of twenty eighteen. You could use that as your opening. The song that sums up twenty eighteen. Whoa, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> well, what kind of year do you think twenty eighteen was? Do you feel that it was a bit of a shambles? Do you feel like it was um... not so much personally for you? I'm, I'm, I would be talking in terms of films, mm. I guess. Oh, in films? Okay. Okay, unless you want to go the whole year. I mean, the whole year is a shambles. It's a fucking shit show. <laughs> yeah, because Brexit's still going on. It's, it's starting to feel like, um, in terms of like the Trump administration and Brexit, they were like, when when they happened, we're like, oh my God, this is going to be so horrible. And this 2018 felt like the year of doom of, yes, this is so horrible. And towards the end, it's like with the government shut down in America and... Theresa May failing to get her deal through Parliament, you were starting to feel that towards the end of 2018, it was like, oh, fuck. Like, we all knew it was coming here, yeah. but now we're here. <laughs> it felt like a real buffer yeah. year. Like, it felt like it's just kind of slowly trundling towards you, and every, every, every day you're like, oh, things are getting a little bit worse, but yeah. we're still all right for now. We know nothing is, is going to happen yeah. until 2019. But there's hints for the next... It's like a, a, a mid-franchise um, A lot build. of foreshadowing Yeah, there's on. some foreshadowing there. And at the end, there's like, oh, a post-credit <laughs> sequence of Theresa May can't get the deal through. What uh, a fucking shit show the world has uh, turned into. <laughs> it's quite... It's quite... Hopefully 2019 will... I, will it I guess won't. We'll, <laughs> it's only going to get worse before it gets better. At least, at least 2019 will have... Especially for Brexit, it will have the bust. Whatever happens with Brexit is going to happen this year. Yeah. So at least at least it's over. At least one way or the other, we it's over and we can just get on with repairing it. We're... we're I'm, I'm organising a Brexit party. <laughs> that's not a joke that's a real thing organize a big Brexit party okay it's gonna be off the fucking chain mate 29th of March save the date I'm I had hoped to do like a New Year's style party where we would count down <laughs> into it but that's Thursday going into Friday which is more difficult because people work yeah so we're just gonna have to kind of all show up on the Friday and sort of console each other <laughs> I wanna get a big banner <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry you're leaving <laughs> <laughs> and we go we get each other like um cards it's just like um condolences cards but danny you know what in the year of 2019 you know with all the with all the bad things that were going on sometimes it's nice to just distract yourself by going to the cinema and just letting a movie really take the reins and yeah just let you forget that the world is on fire. <laughs> a good example of that is Benedict Cumberbatch's film Brexit. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great Which one. Which really, <laughs> really like takes you out of the world. Ah, oh, Escapism, hell. that's what they're looking that's for. That's like, that is the modern, is that the modern day Titanic? Like they made a, they made Titanic about this real life disaster. Yeah. Um, but this time they've just done it while the disaster is still going on. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you, think, uh, do you think any of our listeners are going to be confused about our political alignment? <laughs> <laughs> they might need some clarification. <laughs> We're hardline conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a fence sitter. Huh? I'm still that guy that needs to be swayed <laughs> every time. <laughs> um, um, I think in terms of film, I'd like. Um, this year's been interesting in terms of representation. Oh, it's right. been a very what is this YouTube rewind what are we doing here 
I'm so proud of this community right now. <laughs> I think in film, there's actually like the, the the world of film is woke this year. I was going through it's pretty woke. Yeah, I was I was going through and I was astounded by like how many films were um, uh, not like headed obviously by the typical white male but then I was also astounded how sort of mediocre most of those films were so <laughs> it's like <laughs> so <laughs> the last 2018 was the uh, year of representation becoming significantly better but still needing a lot of work yeah uh, it's a sh- it is a shame because of the um, a broader representation would be brilliant obviously if for everyone involved different experience people's different experience of life represented on the big screen like no one's ever seen them before let's just work on making those films good i was gonna say i i'm all for it i'm all for representation i also just want to i just want to see good movies i uh, really do <laughs> like, but wouldn't it be great if both of them aligned could be overlapped nicely yeah what a world that would be danny but it's not this world <laughs> no, not this year at least um how are we even gonna break this down I feel like we should have went back through the years and listened to our previous episodes because I feel like I, f- I forget how we do this one because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. So there's an insane amount of things to talk about. And some of them we could skip over because we've kind of taught them about mm. them before. But I couldn't also direct people, unless you want to hear us drunkenly argue about <laughs> if Ocean's 8 is any good <laughs> for like 20 do we do? Minutes. Yeah, we do do that. Remember how that was meant to be like a really fun... I mean, it was fun, but that was meant to be like a fun episode. We're like, oh, like we'll all just get some beers and we'll just we'll have a good laugh about drinking buddies stuff. And it ended up turning into like not a heated debate, definitely a slurred debate <laughs> um, about Ocean's Eight. Vaguely, mm. I vaguely remember that. So we could probably like skip over that one. <laughs> yeah, we can skip Ocean's Eight. Um, but yeah, do you want to like introduce the podcast and then talk about yeah. how we're going to do this? What's up, people of Peopleton, and welcome to 2019 Second Opinion. Woo! Happy ha- New Year, by the way. Happy New Year, Happy by bloody the way. Happy Should New we get a good, to- solid clink? Yeah, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> maybe it sounded crap, but like it sounded good if you're in the, if you had to if you're in the room, if you, had the, if you had the exact acoustics yeah. up in here. Uh, I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, the 2019 version of Scott Morrison. It's like I regenerate yeah. every time, like a shit Doctor Who, <laughs> except my personality, I just get worse and more grumpy <laughs> and angry at the world <laughs> with each passing day. You're constantly at the Peter Capaldi Doctor. I'm never going to become younger again. <laughs> I'm only going to hurtle more towards Peter Capaldi. You might become a woman, though. That's true. Let's not rule it out. I'm, I'm not ruling out. Yeah, there we go. I'm glad you're not ruling out. <laughs> no current plans, but... <laughs> 2019 could be a long year for you. Hurry up and break down how we're doing this. <laughs> I think we'll do it by category. Um, same as last year. Last year we did it by category. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best way to do it because mm-hmm. it would be too awkward to do it chronologically. I if we just did a film by film <laughs> breakdown. So on the 1st of January, release was... <laughs> I uh, I got a letter. I a letter. <laughs> I got an email. <laughs> I got a telegram. I got an email from a uh, from Letterboxd. A, a pigeon flew in <laughs> through the window. Um, I got an email from Letterboxd, which is the website that I use to log the movies I watch. And apparently, I watched uh, two hundred and five movies in twenty eighteen, to the equivalent of three hundred and eighty five hours. Sat in front, which me and my manager worked out was about two weeks. And wow. two days or something. 
just sat. Which I was like, you know what? I don't think that's bad because there's 50 weeks there. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah, think, that's nice, right? Yeah, I don't think it's, it's too bad. You slept for a whole lot longer than that. Um, apparently, my most watched actor was Mark Hamill, which I guess is because I rewatched the Star Wars movies this year. Oh, okay. Um, and then my most watched director, thought you'd enjoy this, most watched director was Richard Linklater. Hey! Because I watched the Before Trilogy, the Before Trilogy yeah. this year, and I also rewatched School of Rock. And I watched The Last Flag Flying as well. So I watched like five movies of his in total. Um, That's so yeah, That's my he was my go-to. Director. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty exciting. But what I was basically trying to say is, I've seen a lot of movies this year. So that's what I mean about how there's a lot to talk about. There's yeah. a lot to get Let's through. get stuck in. And I'm not going to lie, some of them that we're going to talk about, I might not remember my exact thoughts. <laughs> like, there might be some movies that come up where I'm like, oh, it was terrible. And that's all I have to say. And I don't have a reason for why it was terrible. But I know. Scott knows. 2018 Scott knows. And 2019, the regenerated version, has carried <laughs> that information over. But without the finite details, without uh, the minutiae. Um, <laughs> the bare bones of your information. What category do you want to start with? Let's start with superhero films. Why? Biggest ones? Not, because it's, it's bloody corner in the market, yeah. aren't Yeah, like the it's uh, astonishing all of these genres I put in, but like superheroes is just worth putting in a category of its own because it's yeah. just that many. This year was, I guess, big and also small for superhero <laughs> movies. That wasn't a reference to Ant-Man. <laughs> no. But it's because it's weird because we had like probably the biggest superhero movie that will ever come out ever till yeah. the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then followed by stuff another Ant-Man. Yeah. But then we had like probably one of the, the best animated movies and best representations of Spider-Man that I've ever seen. Yeah. And then an Aquaman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is the best reputation of Which Aquaman. Was certainly, it was certainly fine. <laughs> it was certainly a movie. Um, uh, well, let's let's get in Marvel then. Let's start Marvel films. Uh, the bigger one, Avengers. Yeah. I don't even know what we'll say. I think we have it. We, we, we did. About, we yeah. spoke about it on the... Not the Notebook episode. Was it? No, we spoke about it on the Shawshank Redemption episode. Um... I'm still pretty firmly in the camp of it's it's great. Yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. But it's you, so impressive. You kind of have to go into it more with the the mindset of you're watching the like the penultimate episode mm. of a TV show rather than a movie. Yeah, and I can't imagine how accessible that film is to anyone. No, who, like I I still haven't run the experiment that I talked about on that episode where I want to show it to my mum because my mum loves the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but she's not seen any of the other yeah uh avengers movies so i'm like how would avengers go down if you only are in it for the guardians of the galaxy like would you be able to get on board with everything I else that's feel happening? like guardians of the galaxy is the franchise you would most need to see oh mm. no i tell you what I, that's stupid because i saw it with um i would have Go- thought captain america well no i mean in terms of like because captain america and iron man i feel like you can have a cultural understanding of who they are roughly uh-huh. Um, like you don't I don't think you need to see the films to understand the characters I was thinking Guardians of the Galaxy would be the more complex one but then I went and saw it with someone who had never seen any of the Guardians of the Galaxy films and they loved Infinity War they just picked up Guardians of the Galaxy from context yeah um, so I guess maybe I don't know I think I, I, I think it's interesting because they're such big cultural phenomenons now like everyone kind of knows who Iron Man yeah, and Captain America they're is. in the cultural yeah, like, they're in the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like it, now the same way that everybody knows who Harry Potter is yeah. it's like everyone now kind of has an understanding of who Captain which America is which is amazing because before this franchise people weren't able to identify if Iron Man was a robot or not whether yeah. it was a man in, uh, they didn't know it's like a man in armour I wonder how long it's going to take when the kind of swap overs happen like how long do you think it'll be before 
Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel are I'm doing quotation marks household names <laughs> yeah I guess it would have to be the the next Avengers film that was like just them and not, with no yeah. presumably no I would Captain say American even I would say the first movie post Avengers Endgame that yeah. they're in like yeah. Doctor Strange 2 where you're now out of Avengers and Iron Man and all that presumably are gone um, I think that's when they all start to become more the focus like yeah. well like in you know in like you said the zeitgeist to use fancy words um, <laughs> five dollar word but yeah i i i love it i watched it when it came out on dvd i watched it twice in a week like a yeah. fucking big sad nerd um it's i think at a from a writing perspective i think it's so impressive yeah like the the balance of it and it, it can get like oh. it what balance that's what the bloody movie's about, mate. It's about balance. <laughs> Thematically relevant, my No, comments. he just wants to literally hold the universe on his middle finger and just kind of let it rock back and forth. Like a knife. <laughs> um, I think from a writer's perspective, the balance of it, like it, the, it can sometimes groan under the weight of its own... Uh, it's grown under its own weight, but like it, it does such an amazing job of balancing all these characters that you, the, the few times that you can go to a scene where... It's like slugging it through and like it's struggling with this scene because it doesn't know what to do with these characters at this moment. You forgive it because the rest of it's so yeah. seamless. Every interaction between the characters is great and feels true to who those characters are and how they've been written in other movies. Um, and I think that's pretty outstanding Like to take you know the Russo brothers who have taken the sort of visions of dozens of other directors and managed to kind of keep that relatively consistent and put it in this movie and still push characters forward in their mm. development um yeah i think it's like a stunning movie i don't think it should be undersold in any way like i really it's do, an like just because it's a superhero movie like i really do think it's an impressive yeah it's an impressive feat of uh, cinematic history like yeah. i do think it's really impressive um so kudos to them well done Avengers. well bloody done let's give them a <laughs> Do we have like awards to give out? <laughs> I think the money. Is the, it's all yeah, they were, <laughs> I'm sure the billion dollar mansions they're all living in Aye. are reward enough. Well, then then you get to the the other films that came out this year. Black Panther is an iconic one. Oh my god, was that this year? That was this year. Um, I think it was February. So was that this year? It was this year. It was this year. We're going to have that's a, a new category we need. Yeah. <laughs> was that this year? Yeah, that was February. Yeah, yeah, I remember I went to see it with my sister. It wasn't weekend, long before Infinity War. Because it's kind of weird that Infinity War is partly set in Wakanda. And it's only Wakanda's yeah. only been introduced a couple of months before. I really... Are you allowed to say you don't like Black Panther? <laughs> What's if the culture? You're allowed to if you're a racist. Yeah. <laughs> well then, colour me a I racist. I don't even dislike Pink Pack Black Panther. Pink Panther! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just an unrelated look. I don't dislike Pink Panther. I think it's got some good comedic chops. I don't dislike any of the Panther themed <laughs> um, themed media. I don't dislike Black Panther. I think it's just a Marvel film uh, in much the same way Ant Man and a Wasp is. Yeah. It's just a Marvel. We can just film. probably talk about those at yeah. the same time. Um, I think I'm trying to remember Black Panther. I know I remember not liking it because I felt that the film itself was very. Not, I don't want to say lazy. What's the word I want to go for? I don't know what I, I don't safe. Know. It's I would very say safe. safe. It yeah, was playing it really for safe. a film that is about for a film that was sort of supposed to be quite progressive, which is hmm. you know like it. There's not, but there's nothing to it. I think I was more annoyed by the amount of shouting that around the film 
And I'm like, if you guys really take a second and look at what this movie is, like, it's really just a movie. Hmm. It's nothing else. There's nothing special about it outside of, like, the way... I guess, like, the political landscape of right now and the media landscape. It's certainly good in that respect. But in terms of a movie, it's not. Like, it's just... It's not. It's Hmm. very safe. A lot of stuff in it is very... Like, why... Why is... Why... The bit that still baffles me to this day... Why is the way that they choose the king just having a fight on the side of a cliff and anyone can just challenge the Black Panther to a fight and if they beat him, now they're the king? Mm. That's mental. It's weird for the idea of Wakanda is supposed to be a very sophisticated society, yet their um, methods of, like, choosing um, their monarchy are quite primitive yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I thought a lot of the, is it, the, the I thought a lot of the CGI was really really terrible I thought that the, especially towards the end in that end fight where the rhino shows up and <laughs> things like that um, I just found the whole thing just very I didn't like the weird tone that they were going for where like they were trying to get down with the youth and they're referencing the what are those meme yeah like that. Weird, I'm like weird. I hate this and I just think in general like I think Marvel has gotten pretty good at handing their properties over to directors and giving them, to an extent, free reign to kind of put their touch on it. I think Thor Ragnarok's a perfect example of that. Guardians of the Galaxy is nothing without James Gunn. Hmm. I don't know what's going to happen there, but as far as I'm concerned, like, that is a James James Gunn movie first. Like, he is Hmm. intrinsically linked to those films. Whereas this, like, I I think Ryan Coogler's, like, a really great director. And I thought, like, Black Panther just just strips away like anything that makes Ryan Coogler special, hmm. um, and it just really just depressed me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. It's such a shame. This is the has, film everyone's loving. It has such a um, inventive premise. Mm. The idea of like um, a uh, hidden, sophisticated Afri- um, African nation with an African cast, and there's very little especially for its political correctness, there's very little influence from like Western um, cultures in mm-hmm. like, the film. And that's such a cool idea and such a cool premise for the film, but it just ends up being sort of, all right. Yeah, and it's the same with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, <clears throat> you've got, obviously this was the first Ant-Man, but you had Edgar Wright, who's one of the most stylized mm. directors going. That could Those films could be something really special. Instead, they get Peyton Reed, the director of Yes Man. Like... What fucking style does Peyton Reed have? Mm. Nothing. Like, he's just a total yes man. And he comes in and he makes this... Like, the first Ant-Man is good. The second one, I didn't like it, personally. I just thought it was bland. I thought it was a really boring follow-up to Avengers. Mm. I I don't know. I've I've heard some people say that they liked that it was like a smaller scale thing. (laughs) I like that it's a a smaller scale thing. I think one of the biggest problems with Ant-Man is that there's nothing in the film that you don't see in the trailer. Yeah. That's where Avengers is so reliant on like mm-hmm. so many plots into which you're like, oh wow, I don't, I didn't know it was going to play out this, or I didn't know it played it play out this. Everything in Ant Man is, it's in the trailer. And yeah. You watch it and you're like, now I'm waiting for this scene in the trailer, and now I'm waiting for this scene in the trailer. Yeah. And there's some cool ideas. I like that there's like almost three factions that want this technology in it. So like, there's almost like a, um, it's about these three factions trying to get to it, but then. Yeah, it's kind of like Black Panther. They have good ideas, but they just don't do anything Execute with them, them and well. they just ends up being all right. My favorite part of Black Panther was uh, Andy Serkis's character because yeah. I he seems to be having a lot of fun with it, and I really wish. Spoiler alert for all these movies, by the way. 
um i don't know how we're gonna do that i don't know how anyone's gonna listen to this but like um like his character claw he gets killed off and i thought that was a real shame because i thought it would be i thought it would be more fun if marvel's gonna do this big interconnected film series like why not have kind of smaller villains that pop up yeah every now and again like as because they do the same yeah they do the same with their uh, crossbones like crossbones is a cool character who shows up at the start of war and they kill him off mm. and it's like he you know you could open spider-man 2 and andy circus's character is robbing a bank yeah and like that's like a but fun you, you interconnected also way have to explain who he is yeah 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 he's just like here's the bad guy from another film and now spider-man's got to verse him yeah i think it would work really well but instead they just don't so. no <laughs> so whatever what do i know uh so that's all of the 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 cinematic universe ones so then you've got x-men deadpool 2 because i don't think they, they didn't oh, do any other x-men game and um, films this year that i forgot came out this year uh deadpool 2 is good i actually really really like deadpool 2 a whole yeah lot. yeah I, I like it i think it's a huge improvement on the first one i think the the i think it still has that horrible like not laddish humor but like humor that i'm not super into but i think it's a lot funnier like i think a lot of the jokes work mm. a lot better and landed better with me yeah um i thought like and especially scenes like the the parachuting scene hmm. like that i love how the speaking of trailers with that man where they showed everything i like how with deadpool 2 the trailer showed you that they build this team yeah and you're not think telling you that yeah that in the movie they build the team and then the team is immediately killed off in the first the first time they try uh, to do anything they kill a brad pitt they do kill a Brad Pitt. And that in itself was hilarious. Yeah. And that whole sequence is hilarious. I think if I had an award for the best film that killed a Brad Pitt, it would probably be It'd this be that film. one. How yeah. many other films? Was Brad Pitt in anything this year? Other than that? Well, where, where was Brad Pitt this where's year? Where's Brad Pitt? I think Hashtag that's... where's Brad Pitt. Let's start the, <laughs> start the search. That's going to be the next like Netflix mystery documentary. Where's Brad Pitt? Where's Brad Pitt? A 10-part series. <laughs> just us outside no his house. Re- no resolution at the end. Um, the truth is, we don't know. We have no idea. <laughs> he may pop up in something. He may not. He may be gone forever. <laughs> he may have died in the night. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I thought the humor worked a lot better. I thought that the the emotional moments hit with me yeah. pretty well. I thought there was some, like I said, that was a genuine surprise. I thought there were some <clears throat> cool surprises. I thought Juggernaut was a genuine surprise. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I loved the dynamic between him and the kid from Hub of the Water People, who I forget the name yeah. of. I liked the dynamic between him and Cable. Uh, I love... Is it... What's her name? Col- uh, the girl with all the luck? Domino? Domino. Is that it? I love Domino. I would happily watch a movie about Domino. Mm. I'd watch like a kind of comedy like slapstick kind of comedy about domino like, happily mm. those are my favorite parts of the movie i i really i was really into deadpool too i thought it was really funny that's good and very good and a lot better than the first one which i'm not a fan of would you watch once upon a deadpool whatever it's called i will watch the extended scenes on youtube <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best that they could have hoped for yeah that's I, pretty does, much all they hope yeah. for like let's well, no, i think especially since they're only releasing it in cinemas for one night only which yeah. like is that even gonna be like they've done this sort of pg cut of it which I assume is for children. Yeah, that's why I assume. It's like to appeal Deadpool But then kids. they're only showing it in the cinema for one night only, and it's kind of this event film. Like, I feel like the only people who are going to go see that are nerds like us. Mm. Like, we're not going to go, because I don't care. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe I don't they're... think if they released it for, like, a good solid run, then maybe kids could go see maybe it. Maybe they, but... they, they're aware that it probably wouldn't make a lot of money on a, a solid run, but they're trying to... They're entirely on DVD but sales. But then also... But also, Deadpool's out on DVD. 
So if a kid wants to watch it, a kid can watch it. Well, I mean, I guess it's to try and appeal to parents to let them watch it. I guess so. I don't know. It's a weird choice to me, but... It is kind of a... It is a very bizarre choice. But, yeah, for a film I forgot came out this year, I actually have a... I feel like I have a very strong fondness. I would happily watch Deadpool 2 again, as opposed to... I would probably never watch Deadpool 1 again. Yeah. I'm really not a fan, but... Fair enough. Uh, And then Sony's Spider-Man films. They released two Spider-Man films this year. Oh, Venom certainly did, oh. and Into the Spider Verse. Now, Scott, take some seconds to consider this. <laughs> Which one do you prefer, Venom or Into the Spider Verse? Oh. You're rushing it. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you do a bit. <laughs> uh, Spider Verse is fucking phenomenal in it. <laughs> it is. It's lovely. Um, I would not have thought that would have bloody swung its way in as high into my top 10 as it did i didn't even think it would get close like not that i think about that but like i didn't think that towards the end of the year i'd be that would be the film i was pitching to people as like the film you have to see yeah um it's it's phenomenal i love everything about it i love i think it really understands what spider-man is meant to represent i mean they do they do get a bit you know they get a little bit heavy-handed with it Hmm. with the whole like anyone could be under the mask but like I I just really liked that. I thought it had a lot of heart while also being really funny. Like, it's that, fucking hilarious. I think it? it's the, the scale, this impressive scale of being about all of these different Spider-Man and this ridiculous plot about trying to save multiverses. Yeah. But they still don't lose sight of the relationship between Miles Morales yeah. and his dad and Miles Morales and his uncle and Miles Morales and Peter Parker. They, they keep focused on the relationships while keeping this um, absurd plot, which I think is so impressive. Yeah. The fact that they're dealing, yeah, with... Uh, like you said an absurd plot with a bunch of different spider-men which could get very confusing but they keep it so streamlined Hmm. for people to understand um and i think there's 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 such like a good there's good differences between all the spider-men where they actually feel like different characters it's not just variations on spider-man um i really love the animation style and especially the designs of characters in it kingpin i think is awesome hmm. he's just this like big <laughs> hulking like rectangle man <laughs> with like a little head like halfway down and a new jersey accent which i think is a stunning uh design i really like the green goblin i've never seen the green goblin as like a, a like a demon yeah before i've always just seen him as a man and i thought that was really cool i like how it has a lot of callbacks and references to other spider-man films without making them direct references like they always kind of service yeah the plot like you know at the the beginning when he's he's like oh you know i saved the city and he's stopping the train and things like that and it's you know hmm. if you've seen spider-man 2 you're like i get it but it's not like spider-man 2 ha, jokes like you know what i mean yeah i get you um i i also don't know much about miles morales so things like who the prowler turns out to be totally caught me off guard that was yeah. like a genuine gasp for me <laughs> um i think spider-ham's hilarious i think Spider Noir is hilarious. Oh, Spider Man, Spider Noir, Spider Noir is amazing. Phil Lord and Chris Miller have such like a, like, I so I I showed Katie recently. I showed her the Lego Movie, hmm. and I sold it to her as like, imagine I, I was like, oh, you're gonna love it. Like it's really funny. That I was like, I showed her Scott Pilgrim recently. I was like that kind of fast paced like kinetic humor, kinetic humor of 
Scott Pilgrim, I was like, that is Phil Lord and Chris Miller's style of writing. And it so is. Like, in the opening scene, the way they convey, like, all the information you need to know in this, like, really quick kind of summary, and it's really fast-paced, and it's full of jokes that are hilarious. Um, yeah, I just think I just think they have a really, they have a really good style of writing. Um, and the end credits scene, <laughs> I laughed so hard just at the concept. I didn't hear what they what they said. <laughs> so like that, the second he landed and they started pointing, I started laughing like the hardest I've laughed in a long time at a movie. And I yeah, I didn't hear what any of the characters said. So so I had the second time I went to see it, I had to like push the fact that it was hilarious like out of my head so i could focus on like what they actually say to see if that added to it uh, yeah oh, i'm so up for sequels for this yeah 100 percent, absolutely including like one with oscar oh my god what's the isaac. second name isaac that's it um, oscar isaac and stuff like that and going like just just exploring this even more. just the style the style is something that's so someone i've never kind of seen before it's like you can see that there's this that sony animation style that's from cloudy with a chance of meatballs mm. and stuff but the way that every single shot in it looks like a comic book panel yeah is and you know they even have that whole thing where they have like the the dots which i don't know what those are but <laughs> but um it really just adds to it and just makes it feel like such a unique experience yeah i like the blends of animation as well the fact that they they give like every dimension its own sort of animation yeah style yeah yeah and, yeah. and even together. when they're all together yeah it's like you got the looney tunes with the black and white and the anime all the, but it all blends together like you know i don't feel like you're ever sitting there thinking it looks messy it yeah. looks natural um and it's a good introduction for miles morales mm-hmm. he's had a year this because he was in the spider-man game as well so it's they're really pushing him as yeah because yeah uh, and it'd be so easy for them to push so hard that like it, it would come across forced but this is such a great introduction for him as a character like on the big screen like he, you just love that character you look oh and if so love sunflower so much it's <laughs> a good song i can relate to that now from the the worst sony marvel spider-man film to sorry the first the best the one best one <laughs> to the worst one i apologize uh venom venom came out feels like you know back in like 2000 kind of one two three ish yeah when things like blade and resident evil and van helsing were coming out this feels like it should be in that crop of movies yeah. from back then. It's 10 years late. Oh yeah. no, it's almost 20 years 20 years late, years late yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels so completely uninspired. It's so blatantly just a cash grab. Like, there's no spark behind it other than, we want to make money. Venom's a character people know. Let's make a Venom character. Hmm. And that's obvious in the fact that, you know, most people know that, that that's a Spider-Man character. Without Spider-Man, he feels pointless. Yeah. The whole thing feels completely pointless other than it made them fucking millions. Um, it did. Yeah, it made so much money. I think it's painfully soulless. It's bland as anything. <clears throat> There's just no... Paul, uh, what's his name? Tom Hardy's performance in it is so bizarre. I don't yeah. know what he's trying to I do found there. him charismatic actually in this film. This I is... thought he was a psycho. Because <laughs> I, I thought like this film was going to be a lot worse than it was. And I watched it and I feel like I was watching it and I was like, I'm actually kind of enjoying this. And then to, uh, halfway through the film, I was like, no, I don't think I'm enjoying the uh, film. I think I'm enjoying Tom Hardy. Yeah. I think I like Tom Hardy more than I like this film. Yeah. I Yeah, like I said, I think without... Without Spider-Man, Venom, I don't know. There's, there's in my eye, like yeah. I'm sure there's lots of things in the comics, but in terms of this, this film, this story, there's no point in it. Mm. 
we had upgrade this year and that's i mean i know they were probably written at the same time as up upgrade is much better i still haven't seen upgrade <clears throat> i meant to watch that <clears throat> i mean it's the same film yeah basically like the the general premise of it is the same hmm. just that you know the execution is different but upgrade is just handled so much better this is just it's just nothing it's just a nothing film and that that makes me hate it more than some films that are genuinely really bad this yeah. year um i think the, the and even the the i know that the age rating shouldn't make as much of a difference but even the the choice to make it a sort of 12 a movie even that you take away from like venom is a violent character mm. and you take away from that as well he's eating people you don't see him eating people or anything it's just like but it's it's heavy yeah, yeah it's, it's just things like that it's just so clearly made to appease the the like it's made to appease their fucking their bank accounts yeah. basically it's and i hate it i hate it for that so much so what you're telling me is you're looking forward to jared leto doing his own morbius sequel mm. Or Woody Harrison in a wig. Are you looking forward to Woody Harrison in a wig? What is this thing where they're like... Tr- they're trying to build this universe of super- of Spider-Man villains, I guess. Mm. Because they have nothing else. But, like, they couldn't get Spider-Man right. So what makes <laughs> them think they're going to be able to get any of this shit right? Well, they think they've got Venom <clears throat> right. Because Venom made money. So they therefore they think they've got it right. Because money just, equals good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think another Venom sequel in that vein would be, like, enough to make them flop. Yeah. Because uh, Amazing Spider-Man got a sequel, but it doesn't mean Amazing Spider-Man was good. It certainly doesn't. Uh, <sighs> but that's that was Marvel this year. Yeah. DC, oh, you see the list of DC films they came out with this year. Was it a solid one? Well, I've actually got two, but the second one is kind of a... Did you see Teen Titans? I saw Teen Titans oh. go. Uh, Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I saw um, clips of it, and I saw a trailer for it, and I was like... So it was kind of funny and I watched it and I'm like I liked it yeah it was short sweet it was very much like kind of had that sort of sense of humour of like Lego Batman but like it's not as it's not as good as Lego Batman but it has that humour it's got a lot of references and stuff and there are some times where I'm like oh this is just a reference to make mm-hmm. the fans happy but there's <laughs> there's one joke that always really made me laugh where they go they want to stop like all the superheroes from happening so they can be the best superheroes so they save all of the superheroes from their origin stories. They save Batman's parents mm-hmm. so that he um, uh, so he doesn't grow up to be Batman. But then they realize that the world is taken over by supervillains. So they have to go back in time <laughs> to, to reset all the origin stories. And there's just this one point where they push Batman's parents into crime alley. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's only, I think, when you watch it, it's like a really fun sort of kinetic joke. But it just made me laugh so much because it just is so Dark, yeah, yeah, but it's dark thing. implications yeah. rather than it has. It had a few jokes that made me laugh. Nicholas Cage plays Superman, which is very appealing to like p- yeah, film history fans who know that Superman was supposed to be played by Nicholas Cage at one point. It's it was so lovable and harmless. I would never watch it again, but the time I watched it, I was a- absolutely thoroughly entertained. So there is the best DC film that came out this year: <laughs> Teen Titans Go. The other one that came out was, of course, Aquaman. Yeah, one of the few movies I think we saw together in the cinema this year. Yeah, um, what a fucking roller coaster that <laughs> shit was! I came out of that film so like I laughed so hard throughout <laughs> most of that movie because I just was baffled by it like or not baffled by it i get it but it just the you're sitting there you're looking at the screen 
It's up there. The Rui's happening. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, or sorry, uh, Dolph Lundgren <laughs> is underwater. He's got bright red hair that's like flowing because he's underwater, and he's on top of like a giant seahorse, and he's like pointing his fucking trident at like a giant crab man, and I'm like. What is this? <laughs> like, like it's so, so surreal. Like, remember when, remember when like Man of Steel came out, and it was kind of implied that like the world was relatively normal. <laughs> it's like, little did you know, <laughs> under the sea, under the sea. I am. Um, I like. I don't like it. I like it in a sense. I liked of watching it's it. Fun to watch. Yeah, I like. I could n- it. also never go back and no. watch it again. Like, there's no. I think rewatch. I life. also. I think you, there's just that kind of. You've got to see it to believe uh, it. I know? also appreciate. Well, who was it again? It was James Wan, wasn't it? Yeah, was it that he directed it. I also appreciate his vision. His. I like his attitude to this film, where he was like, "Look, go with me on this, and if you don't." then you, you're lost yeah. to this film. But if you do, it's an incredible ride of yeah. absolute nonsense. He's just like, no, nah, we're going for it. I don't even, like, I'm going at 60 billion miles per hour. If you're not keeping up with me, then you're going to be lost. Um, shame on you. I actually appreciate his attitude on this film. I think it's hilarious, though, that... So, and I counted. <laughs> There's four instances in the film where characters are having a conversation and then suddenly the wall next to them explodes and they come under attack. I am baffled by the fact <laughs> that not one person, the director, the writers, the editors, producers, not one person was like, that's happened a few too many times, <laughs> hasn't it? Like, it gets to the point where, where the fourth time it happened, I laughed so hard, and I was like, this surely can't be, this has to be being done for comedy at yeah. this point. Like, it can't, they, they can't be serious. But I think there's an element of that. I do feel like it's got that, like, it's ironic that he does do Fast and Furious. There's almost a Fast and Furious vibe to it, where it's like, look, we're going to be ridiculous, uh, and you've, you've just got to go along with it. Yeah, do you, but, I don't know, part of me thinks he was, he was serious about it. A little bit, I don't know, maybe that's I don't me. think he was. I think it's too hard a film, I guess, to take seriously. Yeah. There's so much madness I think, in because, it. like, I mean, there's points where there's, like, two convers- a serious conversation happening, and one side's on giant sharks, and one side's on giant That's what I mean, horses. yeah. It's like, you kind of, your brain has so much weirdness to process <laughs> in, in any given moment of that the they, film. They can't be seriously thinking that you were supposed to take this seriously. I do believe James Wan's like, look, I'm making a ridiculous film here. Yeah. And that that's just the end of it. I really don't like the approach they've made to Aquaman. I don't like this fucking dude bro yeah like, i'm not into that at all no i don't like i think jason momo is just about charismatic to pull it off for the film but i was like it was occasionally where you're just saying stuff and i'm like i don't care man i don't care about you yeah um i like that they de-age willem dafoe a man who hasn't aged in 20 years yeah <laughs> he's always been an old man um yeah i just it's a do you think it's weird that they kind of don't acknowledge the justice league or anything like that at all like to the point where this feels like a kind of reboot almost, yeah already um like where they don't want you to pay attention to the fact that justice League i like was that bad. he's not he doesn't feel like he's being influenced by it it doesn't feel like because i mean he isn't because there's a scene in the justice league where they go to atlantis and then they have to do this weird thing where they're yeah, opening yeah, yeah, bubbles yeah. and stuff to talk and jane fine just went not doing that well, fuck it let's just yeah. carry on and so i do like that he's not he's not like there is the Aquaman isn't really setting up for a sequel, not in a really hamstringed way. There is obviously, oh, one of the villains survives uh-huh. and he wants revenge, but um, not there's not a like a feels like this is the next. We're gonna hint for the next film throughout this whole film. It's like no, we're in the moment. This is the film we're telling. This is how we're telling it. Yeah. 
just a lot of weird i like the sequence on the rooftops yeah that genuinely was a really good it's probably the best sequence in any dc movie thus far um i was uh confused of why aquaman has to kill so many atlanteans in order to become king of the king Earth. of the Atlanteans. he's like in a war with atlanteans and he's yeah. like killing them and slaughtering them and you're like oh that that's what you got to do to unite the kingdoms obviously do you, do you prefer do you like the new the costume i guess the old costume like i don't the, think it's jason momoa suits it he certainly doesn't he do, when he, but when i he, like it more than that fucking weird <laughs> Thing that he was wearing in yeah. the last one, I? but like when he comes out in the proper Aquaman costume, he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it's <laughs> very bizarre. Um, is that it? Is that all the superhero movies? That well, no, there's one more. Oh God, is there? Incredibles two? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I, I think I don't know. I really like Incredibles two, but part of me does think that after ten years. I kind of watch it and I was like, yeah, is this, the, I was, is this what we came I, up so with? I have to describe it. The problem was Incredibles 2. It would have been great if it came out a year or two after the first yeah. film. But the fact it's been so long, the characters don't... It doesn't feel like they've done anything interesting with the characters. Well, because they ha- because it literally... The, even though it's been 10 years, the film picks up two minutes after yeah. the first one. So it's quite... It's You have to kind of cast your mind back. And I don't know. I think it would have been better if we'd seen some development. And maybe if they'd been, if they'd genuinely been superheroes for 10 years or something. Yeah, and like it would have been cool. This if... kind of backlash was happening again. I think something like that would have worked better. Like There's a... stuff to like about it, definitely. Yeah. But... They would have been cool if it was more of a different stage of their life, whether it was like the kids were starting to grow up and become superheroes of their own. And maybe it's like, hey, we don't want to be the Incredibles anymore. We yeah. want our own identity. That would have been something about That right there is already, I think, more interesting than using, as funny as it is, and as good as I think they get the kind of struggle of parenthood, in like a relatable yeah com- like a comical but a relatable way i think to a lot of parents when i was watching that, i was like yeah is this what we're using the incredibles 2 for yeah like to for this story i don't know i i i yeah right away you've said that and i'm like i want i would prefer that mm. been there. but there's good stuff in it i like the i like the mr incredible versus elastigirl fight uh i like jack jack versus the raccoon yeah that's funny <laughs> uh i like the whole scene in the diner hmm there's yeah, there's stuff to like about it, and the animation is still like really top yeah, notch, really and cool. Edna's still hilarious. The style and... is still great, like that sort of weird nineteen pseudo nineteen sixty style is like really really cool. Yeah. It's really sleek. I think I do just kind of feel like mm. a bit like yeah, but okay. that's the thing. Like it... this is what we got. Right, Brad Bird said he would only come back to the Incredibles if he had a really, great had a really idea. good story, and he it doesn't feel like he had a good story. It feels like Tomorrowland didn't make as much money as it should have, and he needed to rely yeah. on something. Which to is gain a shame. I really so. like Tomorrowland. I like Tomorrowland as well. Um. If yeah. Incredibles 2 would have failed, I'd imagine he'd just do Iron Giant 2. Yeah. So is that our superheroes? That's our superheroes. <sighs> Thanks for that. Right. Let's talk about some actual movies now. <laughs> Sci-fi films. Yeah. Cloverfield Paradox. 10 out of 10. 100 out of 10. <laughs> forgot about Cloverfield Paradox. I forgot about it until I was like researching for this episode. I have got a category for Netflix. Do you want to save it till then or do you want to do it in sci-fi? I think we could... Yeah, no, we could... We've already talked about it anyway, so I don't think it matters too much. We talked about it in the notepad episode. Yeah, oh, no, we, we did. Yeah, we like kind of did an episode. We did a section. It, of, yeah. um, I thought it was, I was just joking though. I was just like, "What's the shittest <laughs> sci-fi movie I could think of?" Like, um, so I guess starting off with that Star Wars franchise everybody keeps talking about. <sighs> they did a solo film this year. Yeah, remember it? No, <laughs> I remember nothing about it, it. It was again. It was a, a thing where I was going through like films of 2018 and i was just astounded by how 
completely had forgotten about Solo. How unimpactful it's been. I like. I remember Last Jedi way. More. I've seen both of them twice. I've only seen. Sorry, I've seen both of them once in the cinema, and I remember Last Jedi so much more vividly yeah. than I remember. Yes, yeah, which is it really upsets me. Like the the just the bland attitude that fucking Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans, by the way, are the worst. <laughs> like the the like bland attitude they have of like people there's people who like solo because it's like safer basically like yeah. you read their kind of responses and they're like yeah i liked solo like it was fun and i i liked the bit where they did this and i liked the bit where this it already exploded. sounds like you're yawning but then uh, oh it's better than that last jedi rubbish which actually was a little bit challenging and just because it's not what i wanted i hate it now like shut up like but that's i know that's hmm. like but, but that that is what i feel like i feel like like the reason that people are still talking about the last jedi whether you fucking love it or you think it's the worst thing you've ever seen at least you had like a re a genuine reaction to it like there's a, a, a an emotional response to it solo it's just nothing it's no. such a fucking nothing it barely even, even exists people, no one knows or cares about it most people i know didn't even fucking bother to see it because no one gave a shit like, even people that like it aren't passionate about that's it. what i mean but that's what i'm getting at it's like your the defenses for it are just things like oh like the action in it was good and like the uh, i like the robot who is funny and oh donald glover is good in it it's like oh, oh cool like that's all really cool and fun whereas like last jedi at least fucking like tries to do different things and because there's this fucking legion of fucking nerds who have read all the fucking star wars books and they've got their idea of how Luke should be and things like that and so they're just unwilling to accept that this character could have a genuine moment a moment of weakness like they just yeah I they just can't fathom it so it's like no I hate this movie like I hate it I hate that the thought that a character could grow to be something that I didn't think he would grow yeah. into like I yeah I just at least fucking Last Jedi has something to it there's some meat on those bones Solo sucks. It's so boring. Uh, and you think of like watching Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse, and you're like, at least if they'd kept Phil Lord and Chris yeah. Miller, at least it could have been something. Exactly. That's that's the that's the thing with so so often now. Like we were talking about that man, where it's like, at least if you'd went with the weirder choice, yeah, you might have got a fucking bizarre movie that doesn't maybe like fit, but at least people might have spoken about it. Like at least it would have been something, and mm. not just like again a film being made to make money and mm. nothing else like that's what solo feels like it's like which is why i think they're so reluctant to move away from this annoying as fuck gap between i've swore a lot i'm so sorry <laughs> between this gap of like between a new hope and uh or sorry not a new uh, like revenge of the city and a new, new hope. hope it's because like that's what people know and it's mm. safe and like if they try to do anything that's a bit too different people might a lot like it and it, even the new movies are guilty of that the new movies are so guilty of that like it's still the same shit like they defeated the empire and force awakens was basically just like oh but what if there was just a new <laughs> empire yeah we're just going I was, with this i was like, thinking uh, about this for star wars i mean wars is such a general term i was like what if like the there was a civil war or what if there was a what I was thinking is like a droid revolution. The uh -huh. revolution was uh -huh. a war. There are so many different directions you could go in apart, but they've stuck with Empire versus... Yeah. That's it. It's just because it's rebels. safe. Like, people like TIE Fighters and they like the big things with the four legs and they like... 
Chewbacca. Or imagine if you went straight into the past and was like, this film is about the first ever Jedi. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Because there, there's such a fucking universe out there for them to explore and they just don't want to. They'd rather just stick with the Empire and the Rebels or whatever. Like, I, I just hate it. And then it's got that really dumb... Like, another way that it's so blatantly, like, money-grubbing and nothing else. The, another reason it's so soulless is at the end, Darth Maul turns up. Yeah. Right? Which is stupid. It's ridiculous. But he turns up. And he's like, rah, 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 we're going to be working together very closely. You watch an interview with Ron Howard. And he's literally just talking about, like, oh, we just wondered, like, oh, who would be cool? Like, who'd be cool to turn up there? And so we filmed, like, but, like, a different reactions from Amelia Clark, So we could just put whoever we want. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, Darth Maul, that'd be cool. I'm like, so you didn't have, like, an idea. There wasn't, yeah. like, a spark. You were just like, again, he is literally saying, what will people recognize? Like, mm. that's it. Because that's all that fucking franchise. That's, like, and that's why they apparently are taking a break from it. Because Solo, like fucking even though it still made a bajillion dollars they're like no 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 let's start it off people hate star wars now and that you know for a fact that the next star wars is gonna come out it's gonna undo any interest in stuff that the last jedi turned up because yeah. they're fucking cowards like i hate it i hate solo i feel like those genuinely those are the movies i feel the most passionately about are these mm. like money grabbing just fucking just nothing films that should just be burned with gasoline and left in a field somewhere so you liked it. <laughs> From one generic... Like, friend. things like... Uh, sorry, That's I'll stop right, carry on. Like, he, his whole character arc in the beginning where he, he's trying to find Amelia Clark. Yeah. Her character. I don't remember her name. Space <laughs> Woman. Like, so he's trying to find Space Woman. He's trying to find Space Woman. And it's his whole emotional arc. And she just walks up to him at a party. Taps him on the shoulder. Taps him on the shoulder. And there's no kind of like visceral reaction from either of them. They just start casually walking around the party, having a conversation. And I'm like, oh, th- like this is it. Like th- th- this is it. That's the end of this arc hmm. of him trying to find her. Is this bland conversation as they walk through a party? Paul Bettany is the only good thing about that movie. He's great. Everything Actually, I else forgot, sucks. I completely <laughs> forgot he was in it. He's yeah. great. Paul Bettany's great because Paul Bettany's always great. Donald Glove's good. But don't, they don't actually give Donald Glover much to do. Yeah. Which he's, is a shame. He's fine. It's all fine. Uh, from one generic installment of a big franchise to another, Jurassic oh World 2. Hated it. We've talked about that. Yeah, though. we've talked about... it's Again, it's the same as Han Solo. It's just bland. It's so fucking bland. But it also just... It goes in directions that I just don't... I don't understand. Wasn't cloning dinosaurs cool? <laughs> and now we're going into cloning humans and... I'm like, all right, but humans are boring. I see those every day. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I, this is one of those ones that we saw such a long time ago that I've kind of forgotten. Yeah, about it. but um, but it's worth pissing on one more time before just 2018. One last out. time before we're done. Make a fucking decent Jurassic. And it really world. sucks because the director who did a Monster Calls and a Monster Calls really good. Did Orphanage as well, didn't he? he did did do the Orphanage maybe or maybe not. Or did he? I think the guy who did the orphanage did do a big film this year. Uh-huh. I can't remember what one it was now. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like if you go back and listen to the episode we talk about it in, I'd have more to say because I can remember it more vividly. Yeah. But yeah, I just I they're so determined. Even though, like, you remember there was that whole story of weaponizing dinosaurs. Like that was the plot yeah. for. They they still seem so like trepidatiously like following that path of like maybe we're gonna have like 
dinosaurs with guns and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just I hate everything. About I like that. the idea they go with at the end of Jurassic World too. The sequel is going to be that dinosaurs invade America. That's a cool idea. The only problem is I don't have any faith that the people who are behind this franchise will make anything of yeah. it. It'll probably be five dinosaurs, one for each major city. They defeat it, and now yeah, we're done. Let's go back to our bland biscuits yeah. and our bland tea and have just bland conversation. The film's about also blandness. like a bizarre. It's like split in two parts, where they have the kind of island stuff which we've seen a bunch of times before now. Then the second half is this haunted house movie with another weird hybrid dinosaur, which I don't, I don't, I really hate that. That's what they've they've decided to focus on is all these hybrids. I just I'm not into it. I just yeah. don't like. Uh, it's not. It's not for me, that kind of plotline. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's getting... I just don't... I don't know if... I don't know if Jurassic Park was a franchise that needed to be a franchise. Yeah. I think your first film's amazing, absolutely incredible. And then I think Jurassic World is like a fine companion piece. I was a big fan of Jurassic World, Eva, to be honest. Uh, uh, sorry, not Jurassic World. Jurassic... Oh, the Ju- Lost World. The Lost World, sorry. Yeah. And then after that, like, stop it. Yeah, like there's no, I don't know, because the the like I said, the directions it's going with this whole human cloning thing and stuff. I'm like, well, I've seen that. Yeah, like, that's a different film. That's franchise. a different movie. Yeah. yeah, and I don't understand why there has to be a child there anyway in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and no one in it has any real personality other than Chris Pratt. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, then even he doesn't have much of a personality outside of the the Chris Pratt charm. Yeah, he's just he's a man of nature and. I, I the only thing I appreciate is what's her name? Oh fuck! Um, Bryce Howard. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard at least goes beyond the statistics woman who only sees dinosaurs yeah. as statistics, and she's business, and she wears heels, and like, at least they go beyond that a bit. I hate the fucking kid, like not the kids, but like those young hipster characters that are in it. Oh, where yeah. like again, so you have a scene where the big dinosaur—I can't remember what it is—he's coming through that pipe towards the characters, and he like screams like a little girl and it's like oh, all the tension that you just built up has been removed and they're like treating it like a joke like they are in genuine peril mm. and they're just like oh my goodness like oh no a big dinosaur's coming in oh no uh, did you just play a clip of the film how did you, how did you do that <laughs> my big soundboard of terrible movies that came out this year you know what while we're chatting about movies I'm just gonna listen to that fucking sound how satisfying was that that's a great skinning of a rabbit you did what's a couple of brewskis while we talk about movies between some some boys a couple of boys 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 beers and boovies (laughs) (laughs) that's our name for movies so I have a quick question for you what was your favourite movie about a Fast and Furious star battling a giant animal was it The Meg or Rampage I think they're both terrible if i had to sit through one again i'd pick rampage rampage yeah yeah absolutely because the meg is too the meg is boring (laughs) for a movie about a giant shark and there's so there's things in it like the complete lack of tension because you know, there's there's like the they they're all they're just in the water on a boat, and the shark is, you know, like a few maybe a few hundred feet away from them, just swimming in circles. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we can't get we can't get any closer to it. And I'm like, yeah, but what what's to stop the shark from just coming over here? <laughs> and then like, there's a scene where they're on they're they're on like a sinking boat, 
hmm. and they have to get to another they have to get away so that the guy another guy has like a little speedboat and i was like oh this would be cool like there's tension there because they're gonna have to swim across to the boat and the shark might get them but no there's no that scene doesn't happen instead the guy shows up with the boat and then in the next shot they're on the boat inexplicably and everything's fine <clears throat> like just and then things like the movie opens with the submarine that jason statham's on being attacked by the meg but then in years later they go under the 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 reason the meg gets out supposedly years later is because they blow a hole in the gas cloud that's keeping it down there so what attacked the submarine because they weren't under that gas cloud so like what what happened there i sense sequel potential and then the shark's not even that big and then again the fact that i think it needed to go down the route the same thing with venom i think it needed to go down the route of like piranha 3d yeah just make it violent like that scene where the shark is swimming underneath the beach of people i was like oh this would be better if he was just like fucking like a whale eating krill yeah just like people just like piling into its mouth like that'd be amazing but they don't do anything like that because they can't because it's like a pg it's safe we're it's safe. safe and we're it'll make lots safe of money. giant food. it'll make that china money <laughs> china <laughs> um yeah rampage is a lot more entertaining <clears throat> even if it's still daft rampage i still hate daft. rampage yeah yeah like, we were uh, rampage we did a whole we have a whole episode but, yeah. we don't need to talk about it right now if you want to hear our thoughts on rampage go to rampage because i was going to say the same thing we're in the sci-fi category i don't know if you'll agree the best sci-fi movie of this year is annihilation yes yes we have a p- episode on that. Yeah, we have. So a- just go yeah. listen to the Annihilation episode. We don't need to talk about that. We could skim over it. Annihilation's yeah. a great film. Um, uh, truly stunning. I'm reading the book right now, which is yes. super interesting. That is interesting. I, I think I might pick up the book and read it for myself. Mm, couple of knowledgeable boys. With your turn a page every so often in my life. Big words and your small, difficult words. Um. What other sci-fi movies you got to hit me with? I have a couple. Can I name a couple? Go, go for it, man. I want to hit you with... Uh, do you see The Predator? No. You didn't? But you specifically told me not, not to. Not to. <laughs> that sounds like me. And it, it was annoying because Predator... It feels like the, the dark tower for me of this film was where at the beginning of the year there was nothing about it and I was like, I'm so excited for that because they're doing a Predator and Shane Black's doing it and that's a really good combination of things. Yeah. And then it got released and then you saw it and you were like, Danny, just don't see it. <laughs> How did... Uh... How did Shane Black fuck up this much? I don't understand. Like, I I was watching it baffled by how someone could be so tone deaf and so kind of offensive, <laughs> both to just as a film fan and just a regular person who doesn't, who thinks there's more to autism and Tourette's than just swearing. Like, <laughs> it baffled me that he made that movie, Shane Black. Like, he seems like a relatively smart guy. Hmm. Mo- most of his movies I like a lot. Some I love. Yeah, I love his writing. This, I just was blown away. And it's weird. There's like a, there's an opening, there's an initial 20 minutes of film, which I think is good. Because you have, you get a, 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 a military guy who gets Predator tech and who's kind of on the run. And I thought that was interesting. And then you also, for the first time in any of these movies, have scientists picking apart the predator so it's not just military guys who are like bro we gotta kill it we gotta shoot it with fire (laughs) whereas like now you had like actual intelligent people like 
examining this creature and i thought that was really interesting and after 20 minutes they do away with all that stuff and instead it becomes the lead character ends up with this ragtag group of they're they're supposed to be i think being transferred to some kind of asylum because they're soldiers who have have got like a screw loose that they have autism and they have one of the characters has tourette's and it's so just offensive (laughs) like the way they portray those characters I really didn't like it and I found it really hard to connect to. The end battle sequence is so poorly executed. Things just happen. There's a moment where a character gets shot and it happens so quickly that I was like confused as to who had been shot and what was happening. I they they also they do away with because you know, Danny, we've got to make things bigger and better. Obviously. Um so we're gonna do away with the usual predator. Now we've got a big predator. Now we got a big predator, right? Who is not intelligent in any way? Because obviously the thing with the predator is that he's a smart hunter. This one is just like a big brute. He's a big berserker. He just charges at them full force. Doesn't have any of the, the sleek, sort of like stealthy approaches to killing that the predator has. It's just I hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. Like I said, it, tone death, I think, is the word I would best Is describe. it on one of your worst films of the year? It 100% is. I would say it's... So, before we started this, I made a list of my worst films. Well, we'll go through them. Can I... What's the rank of Predator? Predator is number... So, I only made a top five. Yeah. Predator is five. Five. Okay, yeah. so it just got in there. It just squeezed There's in there. There's four films that you consider worse. Okay. I think if we get to them, I think it'll be... A, I a, See, a I, I actually, looking at this list, I think maybe there's like one or two films that I think are worse than The Predator. I just find The Predator very offensive to all of my senses. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, talking of offences to your senses. Heard of it. Ready Player One. What's your opinion of that? Oh. Oh, I think I think Ready Player One. Daddy, I know you like it. So please don't take what I'm going to say personally. <laughs> but I think Ready Player One is one of the like lowest lowest forms of entertainment that has came out this year (laughs) because it's just what we were talking about with star wars it's just throw a bunch of things at people that you recognize and you'll think you're having fun because you're recognizing things um i know you like it i feel like we need to do an actual episode on this sometime yeah and i also feel i spoke about this up front with you before we started recording it's like i know i hate ready player one a lot I wanted to rewatch it specifically for this episode, <clears throat> and I didn't have time. We and I also, it's a long movie, so I didn't want to use my precious yeah. time to rewatch it, especially by myself. Like that's, like that's not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> um, so I didn't have time. So I feel like the kind of main reasons that I don't like it are, or like some of the kind of reasons I don't like it might have gotten lost in the twelve or whatever it's been like eight months or nine months yeah. since I saw it. Um, some of the particulars. I just, I just really, I I thought the film was gonna kind of have a message of, don't, and and maybe this is just me putting my own kind of, I don't know, ideas into it. But I thought maybe what the film was gonna, I thought what the film was gonna have was a message of like, hey, maybe don't like let these things define who you are. Like mm-hmm. maybe you need to become your own person and not just be identified by the pop culture you like maybe you need to be identified by like what makes you you which is why i think the action sequences outside of the uh 
game where I was like, okay, that's like, you know, this is good because they're having to use their talents rather yeah. than the talents of their characters and things like that. But then at the end, the big message is don't play video games two days a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> and folks. like, oh, hey, like spend time, you know, spend time with the this girl that you love. But like... She's hug- hig- like Oh, she's deformed. hideous. She's so hideous. She's so deformed. She's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> she just has a scar. Like... Seven of Scars, a birth Because she's a great actress, and we're going to talk about a movie that she's in later, which I don't think you saw, but I saw it and loved it. Like, I she and she's in my, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which is in my top 10 movies. I did of see all the time. other film she's in Thoroughbreds. Yeah, we'll get Which we will that. talk about in the Thoroughbreds section <laughs> of the podcast. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I really just didn't like the whole approach to it. I don't think Steven Spielberg was a good choice. Hmm. I know that he... Because he just wants to make boring fucking... Not boring, that's a mean word. He just wants to make these, like, weird... The lighting's really dark and it's hard to see what's going on. Political dramas. That's Mm. what he wants to make now. And I don't understand why they fucking... But then he keeps... It seems to be like he does one for the studio and then one for... Like, this doesn't feel like a film that Steven Spielberg was passionate about. I, I think it has a... Yeah, I just I just wish there'd been more to it than what yeah. there is. I think some of, it's such a shallow. The messages in it are so shallow and so tacked on. There's like, and what is it with fucking Ben Mendelsohn? Just playing <laughs> he does like pick some he shite, just picks he? shit. He just plays evil businessmen all the time in these like garbage movies. I will admit that the, from the the I feel like the main difference between you yeah, and me Co- and Ready tell Player me One. why you like it. I I because um, I know and Jamie, like our friend of the podcast, loves it as well. The, the, I, I don't or like likes it. Yeah. I like I liked it. I enjoyed it. But I feel like the problem is um, is that we've come at from it different angles. You've come at it um, with Steven Spielberg on your mind, and you yeah, I agree. If you were Steven Spielberg, like you expect more from this sort of stuff. Like you expect if Steven Spielberg's doing something, you expect it to have some sort of depth and stuff like that. Well, I, mean, I, I more mean that yeah I just think this is too shallow a yeah. film for him but then a lot of that must be to do with him well um, no I, I would say that I came at it for, as re, as a reader of the book in which I knew from the book to take it at very face value because the book the book is kind of just m- comes across as more as like a, um, a, a national treasure for 80s pop culture mm-hmm. and it's enjoyable it's not it doesn't try to do any depth or anything it doesn't go any further than the film does in depth Mm. Uh, except that it's um, a lot of its sequences are less sort of cinema friendly mm. um, and I, was, I went into the film knowing that like if it's anything like the book it's not going to have much to it so I took it entirely on face value whereas I get what you mean that you you if you were to go on it from like a, one of the biggest filmmakers of all time Steven Spielberg you want more from it but even that even that idea yeah of going into something knowing that it's shallow I'm like well why bother then I don't. I mean, I just not not to this. I, I hope this doesn't make me sound like a fucking arsehole, like a film star arsehole. But like, I, like I really like films that you kind of have to dig into a bit. Hmm. And I just and so the idea of watching something that is, like you said, like quite kind of you just take it at face value and surface level. Like it just doesn't interest me. But there like, are films. It's we very all see. flashy. It's very yeah. Colorful. There are films we all see that are like. Just, yeah, we all have our yeah. guilt. Yeah, definitely. Like a, like a, I have to, yeah. a face value, like a, a pop, there's something that isn't got that hasn't got that much depth. It doesn't require many reviewings. Um, like it's it's just that it was just 
hey, I know this film's probably just going to be flashy colours and then it'll be like a few act action sequences and then done. And I went in expecting that and that's what I came out knowing I'd seen. Yeah. I just, I think there's films that can do that and do it well. Yeah. And I just... We, I really want to do an episode, so I think we should move on yes. from this one because I do, I do think we should do like a proper episode on it because I, I feel like I, I had a lot to say, and gradually as I've kind of forgotten more and more about the film, my rants become shorter and shorter. <laughs> so I just eventually I'll be like, Ugh! I feel like if I can push myself to sit through it with you, because we could have a laugh. Yeah, I'll watch it again, and we can do an episode on it. Cool, sweet. Um, any other sci-fi films you wanted to mention? The Predator, I think, is the only one on my list that you have not mentioned. So... Well, I, I just want to do a shout-out for Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Better than I thought it would be. Came out last year, but okay. I mean, Was it came last out in year? 2017. Yep, because I saw it in December of 2017. I saw it in 2018. Well, whose fault's that, Danny? Oh, <laughs> That's not the makers the of Jumanji's fault. <clears throat> uh, our friend William, friend of the podcast, friend William, of the podcast William, he, uh, he posted his... Um, he won't be listening to this. He posted his... Uh, he phoned top... in last year, remember? He did, yeah. <laughs> he posted his top 10 movies. Oh, yeah, so this, this fucking works even more. So he posted his top 10 movies for this year, for 2018, yeah. on, on his Facebook page. And his number one movie was Florida Project, a film that came out in 2017, <laughs> which he actively called in to our podcast last year to tell us that his favorite movie was The Florida Project. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I never even thought of that. Because <laughs> I had this... Because like, he messaged me the other day and he was like, oh, I just watched Roma what an incredible film man so beautiful like definitely my favourite film this year and I was like well at least you've settled on what actually came out this year <laughs> um, so I guess then going on to the next oh and Mute I didn't see Mute you didn't see yeah, Mute yeah I, I didn't see Mute do we talk about that in Netflix or uh, we can go in Netflix okay I, I just because then we'd be able to compare the Netflix films sure. and see which one we are what was your favourite sci-fi film this year then Annihilation Annihilation oh yeah of course yeah yeah Annihilation yeah fine. 100% yeah. it was Annihilation I, um, then I'm then the category I've got next is fantasy adventure. Okay. Ooh, magical! What Scott, in, are you ready for some magic? What in God's name came out in fantasy adventure? Well, I can start us off with uh, um, what was your favorite Disney iconography? But now you're old, but they're still young. <laughs> I was it Mary Poppins Returns or Christopher I Robin? Literally, so I went to see Mary Poppins with my mum and sister. And the next day, my mum was watching Christopher Robin. <laughs> and I was like, pay attention, because this has the exact same plot as Mary Poppins. Like, does. not that I'm saying either of them are bad films. I actually really enjoyed both of them. But they literally have the same plot. Even to the point of, like, rushing to somewhere to, like... In Christopher Robin, he's, he has to rush last minute to make this pitch. In Mary Poppins, they have to rush last minute to pay for their house. Hmm. Like, it's literally just the same thing. Those films are just isn't being old the worst <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we could just be innocent children forever but you can't you can't so you gotta take your own kids to see it and live vicariously through them because <laughs> life is shit they get to hang out with Winnie the Pooh and Mary Poppins you're the person who has to fucking do the pitch at your work or you're the person who has to pay for your flat at the last minute <laughs> scraping the money together but saying that I really enjoyed both of them if I had to pick a favourite just because they're quite similar I think I would lean to Mary Poppins yeah and this is coming from a person who has never seen Mary Poppins you never seen Mary Poppins never seen it 
don't have much interest in it, won't lie. I know I should watch it. Was going to watch it at Christmas. It was two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> and we were going to see Mary Poppins 2 the next day, which is two hours and 10 minutes long. I was like, too much Mary Poppins. That is far <laughs> too much Mary Poppins for one man's week. Yeah. So I didn't watch it. I was like, you know what? I'm sure through context, I'll figure out what happens <laughs> in the first one. I know the fucking, they, she gives them medicine. She makes them fly a kite. I got all that stuff. Um, I really, really like Mary Poppins 2. I thought the... I thought it was a goddamn whole lot of jolly fun. I thought it was lovely, and I was actually... I'd heard rumblings of it being bad. Yeah, same. I thought that that was the consensus yeah. until... Because I, I was like, Ugh. but, you know, you're with family and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I want to go see, like, something with them. But I was under the impression when we were going in, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And I also... This is coming from someone who's not seen the first one, so I'm like, I'm not even going to have that to latch on to. Yeah. And then I was, like, really enjoying it. And I, I was a bit like, oh, this why are people saying this bad? And then I came out and I kind of Googled it and it turns out it's actually doing like really mm. positively. Yeah. So that's good. I think I'm I saw like, the occasional yeah. article. The one that really baffles me is I saw the article title. I didn't read it because I didn't want to spoil the film before I'd seen it. But it was that this um, cast justify the un the uh, forgettable songs in Mary Poppins Returns. I didn't think they were I was like, I didn't think... I was singing Flick a Little Light Fantastic for ages afterwards. I had... Um, the cover is not the book stuck in my head for like two, three days after. Ah, yeah. I've still got imagine that stuck in my head. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a really kind of wonderful film. And I, again, a lot of a lot of me wonders if a lot of that's to do with. I wonder if I'd feel differently if I had seen Mary Poppins. I was, I, it's been a when been, I saw a, been a hot Jones, minute since you saw it. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw it. And we did actually end up watching it the next day, Mary Poppins. Because I watched it and I went I went and saw it with my mum. It's one of the few times I've been to the cinema with my mum. Because oh. she loves the original Mary Poppins. But it was her that pointed out that um, a lot of the scenes are parallels of the scenes yeah. from the first film. Like you have like the 2D scene. And yeah, but there's, it's, it's, it's almost more than that. It's almost like a beat for beat remake, which I never noticed. But there's like... There's a bit where in the first film where they go and see Mary Poppins go sees her uncle mm-hmm. who laughs so much he floats in the air mm-hmm. and is stuck on the ceiling. And in this film, she goes to go see her cousin, uh-huh. Meryl Streep, who every second Wednesday, her world turns upside yeah, down. Yeah, which is, what's that That was one bit I was watching it and I was like, this is very specific. But it's, yeah. it's clearly what it's done is they've, they've gone, right, so we have to do this scene because that's... Uh-huh scene original which usually I would hate sequels to do that so many times as there's like the the sequel is we're going to do the first one again like like it's the Men in Black mm-hmm. 2 Men in Black 2 is like it's a re- beat for beat remake of the first one yeah. with different characters I'm excited for that new one uh, me too we'll but, um, earlier, but... <laughs> um, but like I was I never noticed that so I it never really occurred to me that that was a part of Mary Poppins Returns that it had that we're doing a re- uh, remake of the first one. But I enjoy it so much. Emily Blunt, like, I feel like when they announced Emily Blunt, she was a cast that was almost so good that it was uninteresting. They're like, we're going yeah. to Mary Poppins Returns and we've got Emily Blunt. And you're like, oh yeah, well, of course you have. Who else were you going to get? There's something that I don't like about it. And I don't know if this is just specific to me or if I was reading too much into things. But, I so I felt like kind of Mary, a lot of Mary Poppins' deal is she shows up and she's kind of... You know, her whole job is to teach them how to look after themselves, and then she will go off on her merry way. Hmm. Spoilers for Mary Poppins. Uh, Mary Poppins. Way. So, <clears throat> at the end of the movie, when they're rushing to get to pay the rent, they decide that a way, they, they, they realize they're running out of time, so they decide what they're going to do is they're going to turn the, the Big Ben, they're going to turn yeah. Big Ben back by five minutes, right? And I was like, okay, that's fun, definitely. Loving this. 
the thing that annoyed me is that they try to do it and they fail. So Mary Poppins just uses her magic <laughs> to solve the problem. And I thought, is that not defeating the point of Mary Poppins? Hmm. But then again, again, I maybe don't fully understand. But uh, to me, when she say when she did that, I was like, well, this is something that no, like no kid is going to be able to solve a problem like this, like in real life. You know hmm. what I mean? Like if you're gonna, if I if I'm coming away from this, like in my head, I was like maybe some problems are too big for me to solve without the help of a magic nanny who can fly with an umbrella. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, that was the one bit of the film that I really like didn't like. Like I didn't like that she saved using it. her magic powers saved the day. I wish that the normal people that she helps to better themselves had been the people who saved the day. I actually had a similar moment in that climax that I didn't like. Uh, and it's to do with the first film because, like, they don't um, they don't get the bank shares in time. And then you have the Dick Van Dyke cameo where he comes out and he's playing his character from the yeah. original. Um, but he he saves the um, house by using the tuppence invested by the bank's kid from the first one, uh-huh. um, and it's been invested into a big sum of money. But in the first film, the point of the tuppence plot line is that it shouldn't be invested it shouldn't be so uh, economical because they the kid um the mr banks takes his child to the the bank says invest your tuppence it will turn it will become bigger and bigger it's yeah. the most logical and adult thing to do but he wants to spend the tuppence to save the birds uh-huh and even at the end mr banks says tuppence is all it took was to fix the kite tuppence is tuppence um so I was really confused by this idea that the sequel then goes, actually, it was a good idea you invested that in the bank when the first one was so adamant that it should be more yeah. childlike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it actually, and it's one of those analysis that seems like a deep analysis, but it occurred to me in the film when they brought it up and they were like, we invested your tuppence and it turned out it, uh, it, it saves your life now. It's a good job you invested in a bank. I was like, look, <clears throat> I actually thought in the cinema, isn't that like the opposite of what the first yeah. one was trying to say? See, I wouldn't have got any of that. And I also... Oh, I wanted to talk about my favourite moment, which is, uh, <laughs> which was my cinema-going experience to see Mary Poppins, which was... Uh, so, toward, at the end, um, I am blanking on the name of the actress, but the actress who plays the balloon salesman... Um, oh, it's on the Lansbury. Um, and, it's not Angela Lansbury, is it? Angela Lansbury? Is that know. it? I don't know. Murder, she wrote. Right. She popped up, and the child behind me <laughs> said very loudly to his dad, Is that the queen? <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my shit. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. That's so lovely. Yeah. Um, well, she was, that, her role that she played, that was meant to be Julie Andrews, wasn't it? It feels I weird. It so. wasn't meant to be Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews is still alive. Yeah. She was in Aquaman. Why was Julie Andrews not in it a little bit? Because she was in Aquaman. I presume that's why it is. She says in an interview it's because she didn't want to step on the toes of Emily Blunt's performance. But I'm assuming that because she had a film that was out the same time, that they'd been a bit awkward. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Because when there's a bit where Murder, She Wrote, passes the balloon over to Emily Blunt, and you're like, if this was Julie Andrews, this scene would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made a lot of sense, but sadly Uh, not. Uh, also, also one small thing of Mary Poppins Returns, BMX in I thought was a bit weird. 
a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christopher Robin, I don't want to linger on it too much. Do you have a lot to say? I love it. I, I really, um, it really pulled on me more, it pulled on me more emotionally than Christopher Robin, uh, sorry, than Mary Poppins. Mary yeah, Poppins says. Just because I think Winnie the Pooh was a bit more part of my childhood. Yeah. So, um, especially the Jim Cummins voice. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought um, Ewan McGregor was brilliant in it. Um, and just Jim Cummins voice. Everything he said, if it was anything remotely sad, he just went, Oh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. I no. yeah. I really liked that. Even the cinematography kind of added like this kind of adult, yeah, se- like sense of adult. Oh, I love that they're, they're like done like just old toys. It looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, when really, I first saw really the trailer, I thought they looked terrifying, but in the context of the movie, it's really good. Yeah, it's so so cool. But um, yeah, I I I, I like it a lot. I don't have much to say. Right. <laughs> so going from some of the nicer fantasy films, should we go to the opposite direction and see what you think of Fantastic Beasts 2? That'd be a fantasy film that came out this year. Hey, Danny, remember that list I was talking about earlier? Yeah. Fantastic Beasts 2 is my number one movie. Worst film of this time. year. Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of a fucking horrible woman abuser. <laughs> what the are they doing putting him in movies <laughs> I know. still? blows my goddamn mind um like you know what fucking people i saw a lot of people complaining about the fact that there weren't a lot of beasts in fantastic beast 2 <laughs> but johnny depp is in a lot of scenes so <laughs> and he's the biggest fucking beast of the all he's the ultimate catch i was actually having a rant at, um work the other day about jk rowling and just how much did you see the, wi- the to... wizard shit thing like the wizard poop yeah, thing? yeah right. the, the the i was actually having a rant how much i'm actually starting to dislike jk i don't rowling. like her she like... just what she wants like it's like what would you call it like hindsight progressiveness like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I'm, I was absolutely, I was furious about this idea of Dumbledore being gay. And I was like, um, it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea to make Dumbledore gay because it's a, it's so progressive. He's the headmaster of a school and he's gay. That's such a cool example to Would set. have been good if you wrote it in the book. <laughs> no, not just, but like, if she came up with it after the book, I've always thought of him gay. Fair enough. She had the opportunity to hear to make it explicit. Yeah. But and she doesn't. Well, yeah. it's, it's this annoyance that she thinks that if she, if she says it, that means... It's 100% yeah. canon in the book. I don't give a fuck. I'm also sick of articles about her. Oh, you'll never guess what J.K. Rowling said to this conservative person. <laughs> she quoted a Bible verse to a Christian fundamentalist. Yeah. And everybody went crazy. Yeah. And the world suddenly realized they should give her all the Nobel Peace Prize. Shut up, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of her. I'm you actually see the, sick of her. You gotta see the Gus Johnson video about uh, J.K. Rowling now where he's like... Oh, also, uh, Harbidey was in a wheelchair the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, he says something similar to that. Like, I, I think she says when the, the play came out and they, they hired a black actress to play Hermione, she was like, I don't know if anything explicitly saying that she's white in the film. Yeah. And you're like, shut the fuck up. She's ridiculous. Absolutely fuck off. I actually sick of her. No, I can't stand her. I'm so glad I don't have Twitter. And plus, that's what... that And, and in relevant to what we're talking about, Fantastic Beast 2 is just her excuse to drop. It is. Sh- just stuff that's officially canon it is such fucking drivel yeah it is garbage it barely even holds together as a movie i had no idea what was happening for 90 percent of it until the last 10 percent when everyone arrives to just deliver who they are and why they're there in this movie you've been watching for two and a half hours i thought the plot lines in it were so uh, painfully uninteresting this is coming from someone who really likes the first movie that's the, the thing, thing that we the first love, film did really good was that there are so few 
character like characters who like anxious characters and withdrawn characters who are the lead in like a huge temple temple movie and i thought fantastic beast did, like did a really good job of that and i thought this one doesn't just doesn't bother it just doesn't fucking bother with any kind of character it's just we have to just put in a bunch of plot because we're making five of these now it doesn't really have to make sense yet because we're making five of these it'll all become clear at some point but you need to make the film i'm watching <laughs> enjoyable like i need to understand what's happening and they just they don't it's just a mess of stuff just pointless interconnect like sorry like unconnected shit and drivel and fucking plots where like the characters from the first movie are they're barely even in this one they're barely even characters no one is the main character in this movie because the movie has to jump around between like 15 different people all doing different shit that i didn't fucking care about like fucking like the whole plot line with the the character from the first film where she sees like a newspaper article about how oh scaramander's getting married to this woman and it means his brother it means the main character's brother but she thinks it means the main character and so like she stops talking to him what is that nonsense what is this like teenage bullshit that you're trying to fucking sell me here like in this movie about a fucking wizard war i literally i don't think there's a single redeeming factor in it and like i said and this is a granted this is totally bringing politics into the picture but the whole thing of fucking jk rowland trying to be this like progressive in hindsight person is total bullshit when she actively like spoke out in favor of keeping johnny depp cast as grindelwald you everything you say is fucking mute now like it's it's nonsense like you had a chance to make a real to take a real stance there and you didn't instead you're just going to keep taking these fake bullshit ones Mm. where characters were supposedly gay or in wheelchairs or fucking had scoliosis (laughs) the whole time like i it just made me so angry like watching the film i don't understand what was wrong with colin farrell he was perfectly fine as grindelwald i yeah I, i don't think there's a redeeming thing about this movie i think it is fucking just it's in the gutter it is a gutter movie made for idiots who will just eat this shit up because it's fucking harry potter sorry if you liked it (laughs) (laughs) and that's fantastic beast 2 no wonder i have high blood pressure (laughs) it's because i watch all these fucking movies i get riled up briefly um my my uh my one quick question is did you see robin hood no, I didn't. No, no, that's our review of Robin Hood. Cool. Right. <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> so also, I wanted to make a big shout out for a film that I thought was a bit underrated. Well, it's not wasn't underrated this year. I just feel, maybe it's because it was in the beginning of the year it came out, but it's such a lovely film and I feel like it's got to be the underrated film of 2018 because not enough people are talking about just how great it was. Uh, it's Coco. Fucking uh, yeah. loved Coco. Yeah. I um, forget Coco came out. Yeah, and I feel we like... We saw that together. That's another one of the few movies we saw together. Did we see year. Coco together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I remember that was like a rainy... That was like a rainy Sunday, like last minute decision. Yeah, yeah that, that was does a nice, sound That was good. a good day. Yeah, I really like Coco. I just, I like it was Pixar back on form, and it was such a shame. Everybody thinks of Incredibles too, but like Coco really hit you in a yeah. fucking hard way. Mm. Um, worth swearing for that for a Disney Pixar film because its emotional ending is like I rewatched it um, uh, halfway through the year, and I was just 
astounded by how yeah. emotionally hard it hit me Doing the like second an incredible, time. an incredible attempt at teaching kids about death in a way that's not just like Bambi's mum died yeah it really and I think the the thing that I think really resonated me with the, with me the most was the idea that when the last person when you are no longer remembered you fully disappear that's a really like like that 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 really like that I don't know that stirred something yeah. inside me that like made me quite upset like because I thought about it and I'm like okay like my parents and then my grandparents I don't know who my grandparents parents were like the buck has the buck stopped i'm sure there's still people out there who remember them obviously my mum will yeah but like once my mum's gone like the buck stops with me like i don't know who they were so that's it like who like I'm, who else remembers them at that point mm. you know what i mean like that's the is it not the banksy quote where you die twice once when your heart stops beating and a second time when the last person ever speaks your name yeah it's a horrible idea isn't it horrible and i thought the the film yeah i thought the film makes a really solid go at like i said educating children about death in a way that isn't just kind of you know like bambi's mom mm. um i really do i really i i think it's still it still has some dumb stuff in it i the whole i i the whole plot line with the where the millionaire guy turns out to not be his dad and things like that i can't really remember the ins and outs mm. we saw it in february um i remember not liking that it has that really cliche thing that annoys me the the villain lays out like his big plan and then it turns out it's being broadcast on a screen somewhere <laughs> like that really annoys me uh but that those are like very nitpicky things like that's very that's how like low i'm having to kind of you know go yeah. to find like a criticism of it i guess and the yeah. song is so emotional the song is very good um on to another animated film that came out this year Isle of dogs oh what a fucking st- stunning movie man. yeah lovely what film. A- they are just, that is just a bunch of craftsmen just showing off hmm. how great they are at their craft. <laughs> Did you have you seen the video that's floating around of the um, the time lapse of them doing the sushi making scene? No, I don't think I have. That so that sequence lasts what like 15, 20 seconds in the movie. Hmm. Took them months. Wow, months to put that sequence together, and it's it's really cool. It's like a kind of photo a day kind of thing. Um, yeah, just the. I mean, Wes Anderson always does it. Wes yeah. Anderson is like one of the true auteurs of cinema yeah. still going like he is a he is a craftsman he has his style and he knows exactly how to tell a good story with interesting characters and i think the fact that this late in his career well not late in his career but you know this long into his career he started adopting stop motion as the thing he's gonna be like a yeah. campaigner of and just yeah the blood sweat and tears you can tell that went into every moment like there's scenes like i remember i when i saw it like for the second time and we came out of it and we were talking about there's a scene where like the dogs are in water and there's water all like in amongst their fur and stuff and we're like people had to animate that like people had to make that look like that Mm. but the amount of time that that must have taken is insane yeah it's a beautiful fucking display of like I said, just people who are at the top of their game. Yeah. Who know how to make a good movie. And the movie's also just really entertaining. It's a lovely film. Yeah. It's such a really cool film. I think all the characters really fight. Some of them are like more underwritten than others. There is a lot of characters in it. And the only people who do get like a mm. real bit of depth is kind of Brian Cranston yeah. as Rex. Oh, yeah. Because like. Or you, Chief, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You forget that like Bill Murray's in Yeah. Like stuff. they're kind of just there. Yeah. They're kind of just the gang. Um, But yeah. Like the, the attention, the, 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 
the level of creativity and things like the the room made of glass bottles that they they go into which is beautiful and just everything about it everything about it so goddamn beautiful i love it love isle of dogs <laughs> isle of dogs i want to see it again and again and again thumbs up it's a good solid good solid thumbs up from some boys dogs don't have thumbs sucks to be them Another animated film that I actually... I don't want to speak too much about it, but I actually enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph. thought it was going to be real bad, and I enjoyed it. I did not care enough, so huh? I didn't bother. I was actually really surprised by it. I watched it, and I was like... I thought it was going to be so much like like the Emoji film, where it's mm-hmm. going to be so much marketing, product placement, but I was profoundly surprised by it, how that comes up as jokes, but not too often, and there is an emotional mm-hmm. beat in the centre, and I was like... I came out of it, and I was like, that's actually better than I thought it was going to be. And it was a good film. That's good. Noteworthy. I am. Um, I have a category that we have already kind of talked about something in it, but I know you don't have this as a category when you sent it to me. But I think if anyone's still listening this late in, I know there's a film that people want us to talk about, but I don't think you've seen it. What's that? Musicals. Musicals. Yeah. Which which musical in particular? Mate. The the biggest movie of the year. Everyone and their mums has seen, seen it four or five times. I've seen The Great Show. You've seen The Great Show? Yeah, when did you see great... it? I saw it in the cinema. Did you? It I was mental. It was like, it. um, it was quite late. It was like April or something. And, uh, we, um, I was going to the cinema and, uh, I was doing a cinema day and halfway I was like, oh, The Great Showman's still on. That late. Because obviously it had such yeah. a long run. Yeah. I was like, well, go on. I'll go see it then. Since, since I'm doing a cinema day, I'll go see The Great Showman. So I've seen it. I feel like we haven't, so we haven't talked about it then. I feel like we have actually. Have we? Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Every everything in inside me that kind of loves film and the the kind of craft of filmmaking, I feel like is screaming that I shouldn't really like The Great Showman. But I f- I fucking love The Great Showman so goddamn much. <laughs> it's so. See, great. I have this effect where it's the um, grease effect. Where the songs are way better than the film itself. I feel like the mm. songs and their sequences um, do re- like a really, really good job of making the film fun and entertaining. But when I was watching it, I was very aware that like, oh, that's fucking stupid. Oh, there's this fucking... The, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so much stuff. Yeah, there's the three quarters of the film, it's like <laughs> Hugh Jackman going, I want that thing. And then I'm two songs later, I have that yeah. thing. I want that Zac Efron. Song later, I have that but Zac Efron. you get... You don't. He gets. He's also a terrible person. <laughs> he was a terrible person, but we don't need to talk about that. Like, but you, he gets Zac Efron through a wonderfully choreographed, Aye. like, really fun song, like yeah. musical number, and it's a blast to watch. I oh, think the whole great. film is just. I've seen it three times now, <laughs> um, and I like every time I've loved it more. Um, the first time I saw it, I saw it with a friend of mine, and he was not crazy about it, and I was like buzzing about it, and I just kind of like played down how much I liked it because I was like, well, he's not into it, so I'll I'll just kind of. But then when I got back to Glasgow because I saw it in Aberdeen, I got back here and I kind of started finding people who also loved it, and I was like, all right, cool, like there's there, we're not I'm not alone. There's people out there who Aye. love this movie. Like, um, yeah, I just I I do think the whole thing with P.T. Barnum, I do think. I do wonder why they didn't just make it about like a ran like a made up person. Yeah. But you know what they did? It's like it's a music it's like a big extravagant musical. I think the people who complained about the fact that it's not truthful to who P.T. Barnum was are looking for a different movie hmm. altogether. They want the gritty biopic that sounds really depressing to watch. <laughs> um I yeah, I just I 
like I said, there's so much stuff in it that's ridiculous. Like the fact that it's like a period piece, but like they have strobe lighting effects and stuff. And it's like, where's all this coming from? I was so surprised when there's a bit where obviously they get he gets the opera singer, and then the opera singer just performs a pop ballad mm. on like i guess mm. it's not that kind of film i honestly thought they were gonna go for an opera song yeah it's um that th- there's those song that song i don't like because there's not a lot of i feel like the whole film i'm totally i get that i'm a sucker for it mm. i get that i'm a sucker for the the showmanship i'm a sucker for the bright lights and the, the crazy stuff that's going on so when a song like that comes on i'm not as into it because she's just kind of standing and she's just singing and mm. i'm like no i want to get back to like in the bar when he's jumping up on the tables and the bartender sliding them loads of drinks and it's all fun and exciting and um yeah it's a it's a ridiculously showy movie it's flashy but it's entertaining as hell like kudos to them the greatest showman is definitely like the great the showiest movie yeah like, of this year um five so long it did well yeah it did it because word of mouth and then you've got the musical version and you can't deny that there's that all the songs are really good yeah like, I, I still listen to the songs i could rattle off i think probably like most of them <laughs> just off by heart because mm. i've listened to it so much because it's so like joyful easily yeah. yeah and it's just easily digestible <laughs> um i love the songs i don't think i'd ever rewatch the film you're missing out mate i've like I said, i've seen it three times now and i love it more each time um i'm so up for like a sing-along version like that they do in the cinema I'm so i'm so keen um but yeah there, there was another musical uh but it might have been mary poppins returns <laughs> now that i'm looking at my list can't think of so... any other musicals that came out this year well apart from mamma mia again oh I um i have one this one is important and th- maybe this would be a good one to end this part on because it's a scottish movie we're from scotland aye have you heard of it no oh it's where we're from mate I know you didn't see this one, but uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. I did see Anna and the Apocalypse. Did you? Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. There, I did see yeah, it. I forgot was. that was a musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a Scottish... Represent? Um, Scottish zombie musical set at Christmas. Yes. Uh, what do you think? I... I thought... I this this elements- film, incidentally, before you... Like, I thought it was crazy how well this film did at like Fantastic Fest and stuff. Yeah. Like the festival circuit, it did amazingly. Like people mm. were loving it, which is cool. Like it was cool to see something at, at the yeah. time where I hadn't seen it. I was like, this is pretty exciting. So it was like saying it's Scottish identity because I, I was aware going in it was a Scottish film, but then the first two people that speak are English. Mm. And I was like, did I just make up? But then they the have things where like they, they use the word Isney. <laughs> and at one point they, they mentioned Iron Brew as well. And mm. I'm like, did people know what's going on? <laughs> um,. I uh, I liked it. I liked bits of it. I feel like this thing had a weird tone problem. Yeah. Um, where it's like, at certain points it wants to take itself like a super seriously, and other bits it wants to be this fantastical yeah. thing. And I don't think it, it so wants to be Shaun of the Dead, but it doesn't balance itself yeah. as well as Shaun the, of the Dead. The dynamics between the characters are like the the humor is really forced. Yeah. Like it's very like cringily forced. Um. There's also like weird plots where the you know the main guy is in love with Anna. That's never really explored because he's just sort of killed off all yeah. and things like that. There's the humor in it is is not great. That's its biggest flaw is the script. Hmm. But I think like the general kind of vibe of the film, I was very like I was quite into. Yeah. Like I enjoyed watching it. Did you enjoy the songs? 
Yeah, but I don't think I remembered any of them. I liked. Um, I know. I, I. The only one I remember is there's no such thing as a happy ending. There's no such thing as a happy ending. Uh, I liked, or no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Sorry. I liked. Um, was it Man at War? The one he does halfway through. The bully does it, which is really yeah, weird. Yeah, the bully. Can I remember that? Ter- terrible guy. I thought that was a really fun song. I think it also it has. It it does have the vibe, and I know the director of it is is this is only his second feature film, hmm. and it's like it does have the vibe of an expensive looking student film, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I get it's got that look to it. Like, you know, they're clearly on sets and things hmm. like that, and there's not really a kind of realistic feel to it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like there's definitely creative moments in it. The I think the sequence where she's walking to school in the midst of the apocalypse going on and she doesn't realise because she's singing yeah, the song. Like, that's that's Shaun of the Dead, but it was still really Yeah, good. yeah, it's just Shaun of the Dead again, but with a lot more, like, kind of... a lot more crazy, whimsical, musical fun. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, yeah. like Again, I feel like at the time I had a lot to say about it. I remember I saw it with a friend of mine. We saw, like, a preview of it about hmm. three months before it came out here. And we went to a pub afterwards and kind of just talked for a really long time about the things we didn't think worked about it and i feel like i've forgotten all those things but i think it was more tone for me it was more tone yeah and there's certain times where i'm like this would make a great cult film if they were just able to find the tone maybe do the Shaun of the dead thing when Shaun of the dead makes it a comedy right till the end and then they insert mm-hmm. all the dramatic moments this tries to insert the dramatic ones um every so often yeah and it doesn't blend well and there's also a few millennial bashing bits yeah, there's a lot of millennial bashing. which i was not a fan of yeah. i'm like like there's a lot more nuance to millennials than I wish I had a humor connection and you're yeah. like shut up fucking what old man screaming from his porch go on my lawn yeah. with your smartphones millennials get the fuck out of there